Here's Buddy Franklin knocked away by Morris. Couldn't mark it. Naismith, Kennedy, Hamble out to Buddy. Buddy tackled by Morris. Goal. Dropping the ball. Boyd took the advantage and played on from inside the centre square. Boyd's kicked the goal. Boyd's oh. kicked the goal from inside the centre. Yes, hello and welcome to the round 23 edition of the SC Playbook podcast, proudly brought to you by Pat and George from Mortgage Choice SCW. My name's Eddie. Uh, I'm running you through things on the Supercoach world as always. I've got a couple of legends joining me today for perhaps their last podcast appearances of the year. On the left of my podcast dial is Charlie, one of the in-house contributors at SC Playbook. Um, he's looking a little dusty this morning, but not too bad, Charlie. Yeah, not too bad, Eddie. Could have been a lot worse for wear. I had a, a silly Sunday celebration yesterday, uh, but went home at a, a relatively good time. Well, thank you for joining us today. It's, uh, I'm glad to see you pushing through. It's, uh, it's an inspirational, all of us here. And on the other side of the podcast style, I've got last year's runner-up, Stevie Nico, coach of Lovsky FC. Nico, how are you today? What's been happening in your world? Yeah, good day, lads. Um, yeah, been a while since I've been on the pod. There's a little rumour going around I wasn't uh, invited back because I wasn't at full premium for a while there. So uh, it's, it's good to be back. Um, yeah, look, just, you know, getting out and about, went on a road bike um, ride yesterday, so a little bit worse for wear down under, but uh, all good. Good to be on the <laughs> pod. Good to hear. Even better to hear that you finally managed to make it to full primo if the, if the rumours are to be believed, Nico. Yeah, it lasted a week, uh, but it might happen again <laughs> next week. Well, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed indeed. Well, let's get straight into the action. There's a lot to talk about today, not only in the Supercoach world, but um, in the f- real football world as well. I'm not sure if you guys have been up with the uh, the Essendon news that is filtering out at the moment. It sounds like Ben Rutten's just about to get the sack if he hasn't already. Um, what do you guys think? You're impartial. I, get, I, I mean, impartial in the sense that you both hate Essendon. Um, but what do you think What do you think about Rutten? Is, is this the right call to move him on, Charlie? No, I, I'm, I'm a bit shocked, actually. I, I think... The squad that Essendon have, and, and you're probably a bit more of an expert with this, but I, I think the squad that they've got isn't actually that good. I think they've got a, a brilliant midfield. But apart from that, you look at the defence um, and even the forward line, and there's just not a lot of talent that is seeping through at the moment. Um, I think they've got a long way to go in terms of their list management. Yeah, I disagree with the with the defence part of that. I think we've got a very good defence, but I've, the forward line is, uh, is atrocious um, and it needs serious work. Nico, would you have moved him on if you were the board? Yeah, look, it is a tricky one. Um, it probably wouldn't happen if someone like um, Clarko's caliber wasn't, you know, available. So that that's probably what is um, is causing the board to make a, a big move. Um, it, it's probably a little bit harsh on on Rutten. Um, but yeah, look, as, as a Collingwood person, it, it's it's not all that tragic to see you guys burst into flames this morning. <laughs> yeah, you're right about Clarko. What a what an absolute genius move from him taking the year off and just letting everybody clamour for his attention for 12 months and keep putting the zeros next to the number. I'm sure whatever offer he's got in front of him from Essendon is uh, it's going to be enormous. I, I, I personally think, um, yeah, teams that lose to Port Adelaide by 14 goals in the second last round of a season uh, probably aren't in a great spot. Um, and if, that, if, if fixing that is, is changing the coach, then, uh, yeah, I'm kind of all for it. And, yeah, hopefully we do get Clarko. Enough of the real footy talk, though, boys. Who cares about that? Um, what we're here to talk about is Supercoach. So I want to find out how you guys went over the weekend. Charlie, let's start with you. How was uh, how was the second last week in your Supercoach season? Um, I actually don't well, – I know what I scored, but I don't know um, how it compared to everyone else in, in our Contributors League. But I scored a, a 24-16, um, which in the context of things only moved me down 13 rankings to 8,650th. Um, 
I've, I've been struggling the last couple of weeks. I, I can't put a finger on what exactly is the issue, but um, <laughs> it hasn't been very nice. Can't be too hard to pin down, can it? The numbers are right there in front of you. Well, yeah. I mean, individually, though, when I look at each player, I, I feel like I've got a good team at the moment. Um, it's just, yeah, a, a one player will, will score insanely well one week and then the next week they'll get tagged like Lockie Neal um, for a 76. So it's just, yeah, it's a, a case of that, I think. So was it a, you, you didn't actually trade out Lockie Neal in the end despite advising everyone on the SC Playbook site to, to trade him out, which you've done now twice in twice in two weeks with Zach Merritt and then Lockie Neal. So you actually had to hold on to Neal in the end? I did. Uh, yeah, I had no trades left. Um, burnt through them very quickly. I think I've had no trades for the last four weeks. Um, <laughs> so I've been, yeah, it's like I'm, I'm staring into oncoming traffic at the moment with all these <laughs> tags coming through. Um, yeah, it was just one that I couldn't avoid. Fair enough. Uh, Nico, what about you? We, we haven't spoken to you in a couple of weeks, like you said. So why don't you give us a little rundown on your, your last month of, uh, of Supercoach footy? What's been happening in the, in the world of Lobsky FC? Yeah, still just um, random injuries and, and one-week things. I had um, Mitch Duncan, uh, unfortunately, manage the, this round. So, um, you know, had to play uh, Massimo uh, on field. So just little things like that keep, keep popping up. I did have a, a decent score last week around sort of the 2,500 mark when I did finally manage to have a full premium side out in the park. Um, but, yeah, look, it's just I've just been hovering around that sort of 10,000K rank. Um, I scored a 2-4-1-1, um, Charlie, so you and I pretty much got the same there. Um, mm. And, yeah, I, like, moved, like, you know, 20 spots out to, to 10,400. So hopefully I can sneak into that, um, you know, into the 10,000s next week. Well, it's a nice little carrot to have dangling in front of you for this week, Nico. Um, that would be a great effort considering where you were probably two months ago. You've managed to pull that back very handily over the buyers in the last few weeks, especially. Um, I had a 2498 on the weekend. Um, I seem to be yo-yoing up and down from 270 up to 320 and then up back down to 270 overall this week. So again, like you got that carrot of the top 250 dangling there. Um, used my last trade last weekend, um, got rid of Jack Crisp for um, Angus Brayshaw, which netted me about 39 points. So I'm feeling pretty good about that as my last trade. Um, had um denied about that for a while and went to pull the trigger and Went not to do it, but I think that was potentially the right move in the end. Um, also had really, I, I just love Jordan Dawson. I think he's he's going to be one of the first picked to my side next year. I'm going to ask you boys about that later, who's going to be your first pick for next year. But I think he's going to be right up there for me. I really, really love his game and he was awesome against the Roos. Um, unfortunately, Rory Laird as captain, I'm sure let a lot of people down. That was a disappointing effort from him. Um, Nico, I think you said in our chat, he just just looked like he didn't really, didn't really wasn't really that interested in, in that game, which is probably fair enough on the back of, a huge few weeks from Rory, so we can we'll let him slide with that one. Um, Bailey Dale is killing me, eighty six three round average. Um, I really wanted Patrick Cripps out. I was devastated when that tribunal um, hearing came down because I think uh, something like three hundred and twenty teams in the top thousand had Cripps and no trades. So I was really hoping that he would be out um, to give me that little advantage. So that was disappointing. Um, and Tim English, just I don't know what's going on there. He's approaching never again lists. Um, but yeah, overall a pretty good week. Charlie, what were your wins and losses for the weekend? Yeah, you hit the nail on the head with Jordan Dawson. He was sensational for the 145. Um, absolutely loved his game um, this year. And, yeah, as you said, he'll be probably one of the first people I pick next year. Um, I can definitely see his role improving a lot more. Um, Crows are kind of playing him all over the place at the moment. But, yeah, if he settles down on a half-back spot um, next season, he should rack up the points. Sean Darcy as well with a 155 mm. um, out of nowhere. That was massive. Um, huge from him. But uh, the losses, Nick Dacos, yeah, I, I put it in the uh, in the Tag Watch article. Um, I said that Ryan Clark would probably most likely go to Dacos. Um, he's Collingwood's 
best rebounder off halfback. And, um, yeah, he only scored a 62. And then Lockie Neal, as, as we mentioned before, got tagged by uh, Marcus Winhager and, and was only on six points, I think, at quarter time or, or maybe a bit more. But, um, yeah, he was demolished. How about you, Nico? What, what went right? What went wrong for you over the weekend? Yeah, the rucks went right. I had Gorn and um, and Darcy score relatively big. Uh, Mills captain. I had to take a sort of punt um, to try and win a, a prelim uh, matchup that I had. Um, that worked out all right. Uh, Rich and Doc and Short and Sisley all sort of you know came back to their mm. sort of best form. So that, that was good to see. Um, my losses, unfortunately, I've, I've, Goldie has been a, a bit of a nightmare. He got a sixty-six. Uh, obviously, the merit tag. Uh, I've still got Crisp, and yeah, with um. With having to field Massimo 65, that, that sort of really hurt as well. Yeah, I mean, Sam, the, the Mills captain call was a great call. So you, you won that prelim that you're in? No, nah, I lost by 17 points. Oh, uh, oh yeah. God. So uh, Duncan out and, and Massimo in, um, yeah, that, that cost me. That's devastating, Nico. Well, you boys were planning all our moves in Supercoach this week, but how well do you know your numbers outside of Supercoach? With interest rates going up at the moment, it might be time to finally trade banks and save yourself a bit of cash. Don't know where to start? Shoot Pat and George Mortgage Choice, all one word, a message on Instagram, or give them a call on 02-9521-1611. Mention the SC Playbook podcast, and they will take care of the rest. Um, boys, we've got a few big topics to get through this week, just because it's the last week of the Supercoach season. doesn't mean we've got any less stuff to talk about. Um, so right off the bat, I think there's a few really important injuries we need to get to. Um, and Nico, a couple of them come from your boys, the Pies. So um, can you tell me what's going on with, uh, firstly, Jordan Ngoi, who was a late out? Um, and then Jack Ginevan, um, who was, I think, subbed out with concussion. What, where are those boys at? And are they likely to be playing this week? Yeah, so Dugowie has a hip flexor injury. Uh, he travelled with the team and, and just missed. So they're saying that they're hopeful that he plays for Carlton. So um, I'm thinking he'll probably line up in that in that game, sort of with the, the top four carrot sort of dangling there for the pies. Um, Ginevan uh, was actually, I think, hamstring tightness um, there already. So he'll be out. Oh, this sure. week, yeah, but be back for the first week of finals. Same with um, same with Taylor Adams there. Interesting. Charlie, what about um, a couple of the Carlton boys um, who continue to give us a bit of grief? Um, Adam Chera and George Hewitt. Um, Chera was a late withdrawal going into their game. Uh, what's the latest on Chera and Hewitt? Yeah, so Chera um, strained his adductor um, and, yeah, it was a laid out, which, uh, well, I... I don't think it's too bad. I think he should be able to play um, this week. It was just, yeah, after the training on Thursday, which I assume was their main session, he just felt a little tightness. So not too worried about him. Um, George Stewart, yeah, as we know, he's been uh, been under the injury cloud for the last month probably um, with that back injury. And, um, yeah, Michael Voss has, has come out and said that um, it's still too early for him to, to start training intensely um, and it will probably be more likely towards the start of finals. That was a really crucial decision, wasn't it? When uh, when people were choosing whether to trade Hewitt out or not, that was a, a bit of a make or break. I think we didn't quite realise how important that was at the time. But um, yeah, I wasted a week waiting for it, but I'm glad I pulled the trigger after that second week. Um, yeah, it could have been disastrous had we held on to Hewitt because yeah, I think from the comments that Michael Voss has made, it doesn't seem like he's any chance of playing again this week, definitely. And it, assuming Carlton make finals, he might come back then. Uh, Nico, a couple of big, really relevant um, injuries and niggles going over on, uh, going on over at the Bulldogs. Um, what can you tell me about Tom Liberatore and Marcus Bontepelli, both of whom um, seem to have a little struggle going on to get up for this week? 
Yeah, from what I saw, um, Libo copped a bit of a head knock, but he played out the game. So I think he'll be all good, unless there's something I'm not familiar with there. But I think he's fine. Um, Bont, he's actually playing through a bit of a, an adductor injury as well. I think that's that's the word of the day. That, that injury is popping up quite a bit um, at the moment. Um, but I think, yeah, with, with the finals, you know, right there uh, for the Bulldogs to take, I'm pretty sure that, you know, Bon as a captain of the club is going to be putting his hand up and, and playing through the pain anyway. So I think those two boys will be right to go. Fantastic. Um, last couple, Charlie, I'll throw these ones to you. Tim Taranto, is he a chance to return this week? Yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's confirmed to return from concussion um, this week. He'll be available. Uh, yeah, I probably wouldn't bring him in, but at least he's back for those that held him. He's an option. Um, is there anyone else that I'm missing there, Nico, that we need to talk about injury-wise? Um, our suspension, Brad Crouch, he's, he's copped a one week for his rough conduct. Uh, Jed Anderson copped uh, a bit of a, a head knock and he might be out if you've got him. Uh, Reece Stanley, abductor uh, injury as well. He's definitely out this week. Um, and then Rankin's cleared of, of his shoulder injury and Rory Lobb's got a shoulder concern as well, but he might be okay if, if you've taken the pun on him for some reason. Could be very relevant for some draft league finals, a few of those guys, um, if you're hanging out to see how they're going. Um, keep an eye on the socials during the week. We'll have updates as usual over on the SC Playbook, um, Twitter handles, etc. Um, now onto our trade chat for this week, boys. Um, it's a bit of a it's a bit of an interesting one this week because I'm guessing I would don't have the stats in front of me, but I would guess at least 50 percent of people have used all of their trades. So this chat isn't probably going to be as relevant for some people as it is for others. But for those who are holding that one trade, including Jay Peterman, who is the uh, the overall leader at the moment, um, he has one trade left. He's up by what is it, two hundred points, Nico. Yeah, um, so he's through. absolutely yep. flying. So I kind of the, the premise of this segment is I, I almost want you to put yourself in in Mr. Peterman's shoes. Um, you're, you're, you've got that one trade left, um, and I want I want to hear what you're going to do with it. So the first the first little thing we need to talk about is who who would you be using your last trade on that's in your team? Um, Nico, you've got if you if, if you're looking at your team, I know you don't have um, any trades left, but if mm. you did, um, who would be the, the the prime candidate for you to trade out? Yeah, so it'll just be that player who, you know, just gives you that sort of gut feel where you're just like, oh, geez, I, I really just don't like fielding this guy at the moment. Um, and that is someone like a Jack Crisp, who um, who you moved on um, last week. Or, or I know Jaden Short came back to a little bit of form on the weekend, but he's probably another one who's been letting you down. So it is probably just that, you know, who is that 22nd player that you've got on the park who you're just a little bit iffy about and you just rather him out and... and you know, bring in someone who you're more confident in. Um, maybe someone like a Doherty, you know, moving into, you know, playing in the midfield with all these mm. blues injuries or, or something like that, that. That might just give you that little bit of edge. Um, I think Jay doesn't need it. He's, he's home and hose. But, um, but yeah, I think I'd be sort of leaning towards that sort of route, short and crisp. They've been on a chopping block for, you know, a very long time now. Or maybe even someone like a, a Goldstein if you've got him or a, or a Moore mm. or, or something like that. Nico, when, when you had your run last year, what was your trade situation going into the final weeks um, and what sort of considerations were going into your decisions um, over those weeks last year, obviously resulting in the in the fantastic um, second overall finish? Um, yeah, talk us through your mindset. Yeah, look, I, I ran out of trades, actually, um, I think, with two rounds to go. So um, there was um, an injury um, as well that, that I copped that you know, I couldn't trade out of, which, which was disappointing. Um, but yeah, for me last year, I was because I played such an aggressive sort of game. Uh, I ran out of trades, and I, it was just basically holding on for dear life these last couple of rounds. To be honest, 
Um, but yeah, um, I, I just managed to, to, to sneak on um, to the to the second prize. But yeah, look, I, there wasn't anything I could do, um, you know, to sort of give me um, a little bit of an edge. Um, but yeah, look, ideally, if you've got one trade in the bank at, at this point of the season, you're, you're pretty much laughing. Indeed, Charlie, you are out of trades as well. So this is, again, purely hypothetical. But if you're looking at your team right now, uh, who are the guys that would be on the chopping block going into this week? Assuming, of course, that you know you have 22 fit available players, um, who is who would you be moving on out of your team? Yeah, out of my team, it's got to be Jack Crisp, I reckon. He's just... Oh, he's an absolute headache to deal with uh, week in, week out. Um, he had a, a, a semi-good week last week with a, a 105, sorry, but... Um, yeah, like the past since round fifteen uh, is just abysmal. Um, he's got a higher score of yeah that one hundred five and a, a lower score of sixty with a couple seventies and eighties sprinkled about. So um, he would be the number one trade out target for me. Um, if I did have Tim Eng- Tim English, um, I think Tim English would probably be right up there mm. as well. Just yeah. with the return of of Stefan Martin, um, I do not like that rut combo at all. I think um, yeah, Martin just eats at. at Tim English's minutes, and um, as a result of that, his scoring is heavily uh, heavily lower than, than what it usually is. What's going on with Tim English, Nico? Walk me through it. Um, I haven't had the chance to watch as many dogs games as I normally would. I'm generally a fan of watching them play, but I haven't been able to see what's actually going on, why his scoring is so low, because I was looking at his scores earlier this morning. He's Yeah, he, he's really struggling. 79, 86, 88 over his last three, a 120 before that, but then it's, it's been pretty dire for a while. So what's what's actually happening? Yeah, look, I, I can't tell you, mate. Um, ever since he got that sort of concussion, delayed concussion thing, he's just he hasn't really been back to his best. Um, so whether or not that slightly still affecting him or affecting maybe his, you know, courage to, to you know really like smack the packs or something, I'm not sure. But um, yeah, he's he's been um, very disappointing and, and someone who I've regretted um, bringing in definitely. Um, I actually don't mind the matchup against the Hawks though this week, and I think he, he could actually score really well. Um, and then again, like you, you gave us a bit of a list um, of Crisp, Short, Brody, mm. English, Dunkley. They've actually all got really good matchups this week. So, um, That's true. yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna be pulling the trigger, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it is on on someone like a Brody who's who's still for some reason only getting around that sort of sixty eight percent time on ground. So maybe that's something you could do and, and take a bit of a punt there. Would you have Tim Tim English ahead of those guys when it comes to trading out purposes, Charlie? Like, is he above a crisp and a short, or or are they still the priority to get rid of? Yeah, I don't know. Actually, I think it's pretty even um, because they both have that midfield and and ruck role, respectively. Um, I just think the fact that Tim English has to compete with Stefan Martin for that ruck spot maybe puts him at the top of the list. Chris doesn't really have to compete with anyone for that midfield. That midfield's his. Um, He'll still get a heap of footy, but... Um, you know, at least we know that he he definitely has the potential to get the footy there. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not a fan of, of Tim English, to be honest. Yeah, uh, me too. I think Nico's right, though. I, I don't think you can afford to trade him out going into a game against Hawthorne, though. Surely mm. that's this is the week. If he's going to score any points in the back half of the season, it, it's going to be this week. Um, the second part of this question that I posed to you guys, um, again, very relevant, putting ourselves in Mr. Peterman's shoes. Um, would love to be up there at the top with, uh, with, with where he's sitting. He's in an incredibly good spot. Um, but the second part is obviously who you're going to trade in. Um, and this week gives us some really unique opportunities because it is purely one matchup based. We, you know, we have one week to choose which player is going to score the best 
um, this, the most amount of points this week. So, you know, is it going to be someone playing the Kangaroos? Is it going to be Tim English against the Hawks? Um, so this is a really, really fun exercise, I think. And I've said it to you guys to to find me an obvious trade-in option. So a guy that, you know, jumps off the page, like Nico, you mentioned before, I'd, I'd say Doherty's kind of the the obvious trade-in option if you're looking for a defender. But I kind of want more, I want a rogue one as well. I want someone who's less than 5% ownership and who you think has a favourable matchup and can take advantage um, of this final week of the season. So, Charlie, I'm going to throw to you first. Who is your, if you're bringing in a defender for a crisp or a short, um, who is the obvious option that you'd look at? Yeah, it's Jordan Dawson. Pretty simple. Um, coming off a 145 and he plays Port Adelaide this week. We all know what happened last time the Crows played Port. <laughs> the winner after the siren um, and scored a 123 in that game. So I think he's pretty expensive, um, but you're paying for top quality and, uh, and he is definitely top quality. Indeed. What about your, who's your rogue option in the defensive line? Well, I really like, and you'd be very brave to do it, very, very brave, but I really like Aaron Hall um, against Ooh. the Suns this week. Look, if he gets going, he could drop a 150. I'll be honest, I, he, he could definitely drop a 150. I absolutely love that call. I can see Nico is absolutely frothing as well. He's his boy, Aaron <laughs> Hall. Um, Nico, if you had a trade left and you didn't use it on Aaron Hall this week, I'd be mightily disappointed in you. Um, I love those, Charlie. That's two, that's two very, very good options. Um, Hall's three-round average of 107. Um, he's gone 119, 105, 97 in his last three. So he's in decent form. Um, he's uh, Yeah, it's, it's a genuine option, I think. I like that a lot. Nico, what about you? Who's your obvious trading defender? Is it is it just Doherty? Is that who you're going for or you got someone else? Yeah, no, I've written down, yeah, I've written down Sam Doherty. I think he, um, he showed that he can, you know, he's pretty good in the guts. So that's against... You know the the premium sort of midfield of the comp, and and he you know pulled out a, a one twenty odd and, and looked really comfortable playing pretty much full time mid. So um, yeah, I'd bring him in um, this week if I had the chance. The other the rogue option um, is actually I'm um, Shannon Hearn. I'm keen on. He's got oh yeah a three round average of one hundred and twenty eight point seven, and he's only in one percent of teams. I know they got Geelong away this week, but. Let's be honest, the ball's probably going to be down there for 90% of the time and he's going to be taking kickouts. So he's going to get a lot of ball um, and he has scored well um, at the Cattery before. So I think he's a really, really um, unique, good punt. That is fantastic. I love that. Um, that. That is one certainly to look at. I think he's flown under the radar all season, Shannon Hearn. Um, he's been really good, not just the last three weeks, but for, for most of the season in a really, really bad team. So he's one to potentially keep an eye on next year. I know he's going to be what early thirties at least he's, he's, he's looked about 45 for the last 10 years. Um, but he's, he's definitely getting older. He's uh, he's one to put on the watch list. I don't think we can put a line through him as a super coach option yet. What about in the midfield, Nico? Let's say you're looking to move on. I don't know. A Paddy Cripps, um, maybe Andrew Brayshaw has been giving you the year slightly. Um, who would you, who would you bring in as a, as an obvious option in the midfield? Yeah, I talked this guy up in my article um, last week, and that's Ollie Wines. I like him in the showdown. He's coming off a 140 as well. Um, so just, um, yeah, he seems to be coming into into his, you know, best sort of Brownlow form and, and scoring really well the last few weeks. So, for yeah, for a one-week punt, I'd, I'd bring in Wines. And uh, as a rogue, roughy option, I like Dylan Shield with a three-round average of 129 at only 2% ownership, who seems to be playing almost his best or return to his best footy at least um, and scoring really, really well, um, you know, even with um, with Parrish and Merritt in the team. So, yeah, I think he's a good a good pun as well. He's been much maligned, Dylan Shield, by, uh, mostly by outside supporters actually this year. I think all Bombers supporters have been thrilled with uh, with what he's managed to produce this season. He's been fantastic. I think um, before his most recent injury layoff, he was leading the league in, um, in centre clearances or even might have been total clearances. Uh, so he's had a great year. I really like that one. 
Um, the Bombers do have a pretty tough matchup against Richmond. Um, yeah, I suspect we're going to get spanked. Um, so who knows whether that actually will be a good option, but I really like the the idea of Dylan Shield. And thank you for bringing some some positive Bombers energy to this podcast, Nico. It was sorely needed. Uh, Charlie, what about you? Who have you got in the midfield for us? I uh, I really like Paddy Cripps. Um, if George Hewitt doesn't come back, um, yeah, I really like Cripps against the Pies this week. I believe the Pies give up the most points to opposition midfielders. I could be wrong, but I, I think I'm fairly confident that they do. Um, last time we played them, he scored a 114. That was in round 11. And he's got a higher score against them of 187. So I think mm. he could be pretty monstrous this week. Yep, uh, indeed. He's been in a really good run of, run of form. I can't remember who put it out on Twitter. It might have been Tim Mitchell who was saying that um, his average this season without Hewitt is in the 130s. And I think with Hewitt, it's it's in the low the low hundreds. It might even be less than 100. So he he's an absolute beast without Hewitt in the team, uh, which is interesting. I wonder what that says about Carlton's midfield mix going forward. Are they a better team um, with both of them in the gut? Sort of. They need to start doing some more heavily rotations. Uh, that'll be one to keep an eye on next season for sure. Who's your roughie, Charlie? Jai Simpkin, a um, little budget option. He's, he's only coming in at 484000 uh, um, And if you discount his 26 against Hawthorne where he was shut down by Finn McGuinness, um, he's scored 105, 119, 120, 100 and 121. And the reason I like him so much is because he plays the Suns at Marvel Stadium and uh, he's been loving Marvel this season. Um, so, I, you know, I, I probably wouldn't bring him in, but if you're looking for a budget pod... Um, He'd be up the top of my list, I reckon. Yeah, I think it's important to note in this segment as well that um, a lot of for a lot of people at this point of the year, the overall rankings are kind of secondary to, to winning grand finals and um, and beating your friends in a cash league or you know beating uh, your workmates in a cash league or whatever it is. So I think yeah, those options are definitely on the table for this week, especially because um, yeah, if your opponent has a has an Andrew Brayshaw and you want to get rid of Brayshaw and bring in a Simpkin, for example. Um, can anyone? Can you guys tell that Andrew Brayshaw is giving me the irrits at the moment? Uh, anyway, we'll leave. leave. <laughs> he's he's been not as good as advertised. Let's put it that way. Uh, but yeah, no, I think it's really important to note that. Yeah, we're not we're not all about overall rankings here. We do really enjoy the uh, the cut and thrust of a, a competitive league against your mates as well. So this is yeah very important for that um, for that sort of segment. What about in the uh, in the rucks? Because I think this is where you can find some real. This seems to be the segment where the uh, the position where people can just go large, can go super large. So if you're still carrying the likes of a gold set in the rucks. And you want to move him on to someone who might go really big this week. Um, yeah, Nico, any thoughts on an, on an obvious ruck option that springs to mind? You always skip the rucks. So I don't even think about <laughs> the rucks. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, no, it's all good. Um, I'll look, probably just go um, for, for the guy in form and maybe just try and follow up on um, on Darcy, um, see if he can go uh, a big 150 again. Um, they've got the Giants who, oh, who would that be against, like Pruce or... Or someone. Um, so yeah, I reckon that'd be a, a pretty good matchup if you wanted to um, to move a Goldie on or something like that. Definitely. Could I interest you with a uh, with a Ben McAvoy? Um, three round average of 112. Um, he's playing his last game, which I assume will mean he's going to get a fair bit of time wherever he wants on the ground. Charlie, you see you see a little sneaky little option this week. Uh, probably not against the Bulldogs. I don't reckon. Just with uh, with Tim English and and Stefan Martin. Um, Dominating the ruck, and then if he goes down forward, um, he's got to compete with uh, who's their fullback? Who's the Bulldogs' fullback? Cool. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, to be honest, I'm not. Oh, no, I'm not a fan of, of Big Boy. But we have seen what Josh Kennedy did in his last game. Yeah. Um, so you know, Big Boy could p- perhaps repeat that. Who knows? Yeah, I don't mind it. Um, he's been building. He's been building his form really, really well after his injury. So I don't mind it. Have you got any other ruck options for us, Charlie? 
Um, well, yeah. I mean, look, if you Ron Marshall's probably the number one option, I reckon, yeah. um, especially against Sydney, who don't really have a oh. a, uh, a solid ruck option at Tom, the moment. Tom Hickey, um, come on, please. He's a beast. <laughs> um, I don't. I actually really like Nick Natanui though um, against the Cats, um, who again don't really have a, a solid rock option. A rock option there, playing um, a Blitzarves and, and Stanley and, and maybe even Segler, but he's pretty old. Um, and I think Nick Nat will uh, will dominate them. Nick, I will give you some blessed relief from the rucks and move on to the forwards. Talk to me about <laughs> our forward options. Who is uh, who is the obvious and who's the rough for you if you if you if you bring in a forward this week? I was actually going to suggest Nank uh, against Essendon might be a decent shout as well in the rucks, but um, mm, for, for the forwards, um, I actually had Royal Marshall listed as, as the best trade in um, against Hickey in the forward line. Um, so, and yeah, I think he's a really, really good shout. Um, and I've got Tom Lynch. Once again, I, I wrote up yeah. a bit of an article about him last week. I really liked his last two fixtures and he, he went bang with a one seven seven. Um, and, you know, he's probably going to have another big game against the Bombers as well. You would think so. I think, but yeah, Bandit was also talking about him on the pod last week. Um, both of you were very, very early on that train, and um, yeah, that paid off big style on the weekend. Um, mm-hmm. I agree, he's going to absolutely rip us apart on Saturday night. Um, it's not going to be pretty as a Bombers fan, but if you do happen to bring in Tom Lynch, that could be that could soften the blow a little bit. Charlie, who else are we looking at in the forward line as a uh, as a definite and a ruppy? Well, I, I do just want to flag Luke Parker. I know he's got a, a three round average of one eleven. But uh, I'm fairly, fairly confident that Marcus Windhager or Mitch Owens will go to him this week. So I won't, won't be bringing him in, um, even though he's already in my side. But if he wasn't, I wouldn't be bringing him in. So you reckon despite... Windhager goes? You reckon Windhager goes there instead of to a Mills um, or even a Heaney type? Yeah, I, I was having a think about this. I'd, you don't need to tag Heaney. Um, he'll sit forward. I don't think he's any any damage. Um, and Mills is just such a two way runner that there's no point tagging him anyway. He'll be running all over the field. And I think Mills will likely, you know, he'll be the kick to Parker who kicks it inside 50. I think Parker or Chad Warner will be a lot more damaging than, uh, than yeah. the likes of Mills and Heaney. It might actually be Chad Warner in the end. Nico, do you, what would you do if you were the St Kilda? Which one of those guys would you would you chop out? Yeah, I think Warner, um, he's shown to be probably a little bit more prone um, to the tag than the others. So he'd probably be a bit more of an easier lockdown, I would have thought. What about your rugby in the forward line, Charlie? Ruffy in the forward line... I don't know. There's a lot of um, different options here. I don't mind Daniel Rioli against the Bombers. Um, he could Ooh, okay. he could put up a pretty solid score. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. There's not too many that, that jump out. Tom Lynch, um, as Nico said, he could go massive again, especially coming off that 177. Uh, but I think there's a lot more uh, or, or a lot better options, um, better pod options, sorry, in the other lines. Uh, agreed. I think, yeah, the forward line has just been impossible to pick all season. So I wouldn't be confident on picking any of those uh, picking any of those guys, really. I think, Nico, you, you hit the nail on the head. You're almost better off getting a Rowan Marshall there um, rather than trying to bank on one of the forward guys. Um, Charlie, what about, what's been going on in the uh, in the state leagues? Have you got any uh, got any intel on what's happened um, in the reserve grades over the weekend? You've thrown me under the bus here. I thought you were going to cover this. <laughs> we had this exact chat. I said nothing. <laughs> well, we're going to have to skip that segment then because I have not looked into anything in the State Leagues. Nico, do you have any intel for us about anything that's happened uh, around the BFL, SNFL or Waffle? Uh, I was going to read the article that the uh, the AFL put out, but um, I saw Charlie's name next to it on the run sheet, so I didn't bother reading it. So. <laughs> uh, all we the will come are, back to that. All the teams are pretty settled, aren't they, at the moment? Yeah, so, I don't yeah. think we're going to see much out of the State League, boys. Um, we can have a – I think next week for our final pot of the year, we're going to do a bit of a – 
bit of a deep dive into who we think might might break out a bit next year, uh, break out next year in Supercoach. So that could be one to keep an eye on over the last few weeks, uh, which guys have been performing in the state leagues. But we will leave that well alone for the moment. Thank you, Charlie. Um, <laughs> I did this last week with uh, with Bandit and Dylan, so I wanted to give you guys the uh, the chance to do this too. Um, it's one of my favourite points of the season where we sort of look back and you know think about what could have been, think about what we did right, think about what we did wrong. Um, and I really like thinking about these sort of things as we head into the end of the season because, as we always say, it's important to take lessons out of Supercoach and make sure that you're not, you know, everything that you do um, has some sort of backing behind it and you have some some learnings, you know, the, the favourite AFL word, we're going to take learnings out of this loss. Um, so, Nick, I wanted to find out what uh, what, what are you feeling about the season overall? Do, are you happy with, with where you're at currently? Um, you know, put, us, put it in context for us. Yeah, look, I'm definitely not happy, um, but I think... You know, with the rule, like the new sort of changes to the game and all that kind of stuff, I probably didn't adapt to it as probably as best I could have, um, and probably maybe played a bit more conservative this this time around. So, look, I'm definitely not happy with the way things worked out, but I think I'm just going to put it down to just sort of a year of bad luck and, and bad moves, and then just hopefully next year I don't make as many of them, um, and I'm in a better position. But I think um, I think this year is. Uh, potentially is going to be quite unique when we sort of look back on it um, you yeah. know, through a different lens. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like I could be wrong, but I feel like people who, who, you know, generally haven't done that well in the game have probably done better, you know, this time around. And then a lot of, you know, guys who call themselves, you know, pros or whatever have probably really <laughs> sort of struggled and been in that sort of, you know, 10,000 range. So, yeah, who knows? Um, well, obviously, each is different, but... As I said, I think the the changes to the game uh, potentially just sort of added a, a bit of a curveball that I've sort of um, struck out at. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see whether we keep the uh, the extra trades next season or whether they go back to the uh, yeah the previous 30, model. Yeah, I would have thought. Yeah, you'd, you'd think so. I mean, no, no we seem to be getting yeah we seem to be getting to a point where uh, yeah COVID is is not as much of a worry as we we thought it was at the start of the season when it comes to players missing games. Um, so yeah, that could be that could be one to keep an eye on. So Nico, yeah, you, you're right. It, you, while this year is uh, has been fantastic, and um, yeah, we you might want to not put too much stock into it uh, when it comes to strategy, just because of how different it's been with with those extra trades and the boosts. Um, Charlie, how about you? How are you feeling about your your Super Coach season, your 2022 um, Super Coach performance? Yeah, I'm I'm feeling quite content. Um, uh, considering I was I've been, I think. Maybe just before the buyers, if not during the buyers, I was at like twenty eight thousandth, um, and so I've, I've slowly, you know, started climbing back up the ranks. Um, and so, you know, if I if I finish in the top ten thousand, I'd be pretty happy, which it looks like I will. Um, top five thousand was was a goal that I had, you know, three weeks ago. Um, I thought that that was achievable, and then, yeah, it's been it's been a very roller coaster year um, for me uh, in. Probably round five, I think I was five thousandth, maybe even leading our league, I reckon. Um, and then yeah, just had a massive drop off. But yeah, I'm 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 not too upset. Yeah, that's good to hear. Um, yeah, I think I've, I've talked about mine last year, but I'm also sitting pretty pretty happy with where we're at currently. It'd be lovely just to finish it off with a nice little cherry on top of top two fifty or something. But we'll see how we go. I want to find out get a bit more nitty gritty into into your seasons, um, Nico. What was uh what was your best trade or move for the season? So not necessarily a singular trade, but maybe it was a week that everything went right and you made some really good calls. Um, yeah, talk to me about talk to me about what your best move of the season was. Yeah, I just want to thank you, mate, for uh for making me look at my trade history. That was uh, much appreciated. Um, <laughs> having a look at that train wreck. Um, 
Oh, look, the best trade-in was probably bringing in Laird in round nine. I think a lot of people have maybe yeah. sort of missed that boat as well. So, um, you know, he got to a point where, where he was unachievable for, for many. So that was a, a really good one. And, and we touched on it earlier, um, pulling the trigger on, on Hewitt. I think I was maybe one week or maybe even two weeks late on that. But uh, I still did that move to, to Gorn, which which has sort of worked out really well. I think Gorn's been a pretty good unique for the last sort of few rounds. So yeah, probably probably Laird the the big dog, or, or making sure I hit that that right premium at that right time was probably the best call I made, and and maybe taking a punt on Himmelberg, which sort of worked out a bit as well. Yeah, I love it. That sounds Himmelberg was a great punt. Um, that was uh, an exceptionally good one. That would have definitely helped the ranking. Um, in that sort of that stretch that he was absolutely destroying teams. Um, that was a very good move, Charlie. What about you? What was uh, what was your best move of the season so far? Mm, I don't know if I can narrow down to one, but too many. Too many. I just can't think. Uh, no, I brought in Laird in round ten, um, similar to Nico, and that's obviously that speaks for itself. Um, holding Dacos through the buyers, that was a pretty brave, brave move. A, a lot of people moved him yeah. on. Um, that was a great call. Yeah, smashed out, you know, three tons and. And a couple one forties and one fifties. Um, the best one though would would probably be bringing Mills in round six. Um, I think he, he might have only scored one ton, uh, and then I brought him in and he, and he scored a two fourteen against the Hawks. Mm. Um, that was huge. So yeah, yeah I, I go Mills. Yeah, I think that was also my best trade of the season last year for those uh, last season this season for those who weren't listening to last week's pod. Um, I thought it's worth rehashing that. Uh, I went through last week and calculated Dylan Moore's scores in my team and Dylan Moore's scores outside of my team. Um, and Dylan Moore averaged, uh, I think, 77 in my team. Um, and he averaged, he's averaging 114 when he's not been in my team this year. <laughs> so that's just, I, I still cannot wrap my head around how the hell that's happened. Um, so, yeah, thank you, Dylan Moore. Um, Nico, what about you? What's been your what's been your worst move of the season? What's been the one that, that just, just, just caused you a little bit, bit of frustration looking back at the trade history? Yeah, look, trading Luke Jackson in and out, um, that, that was that was a bit of a pain. Um, oh, yeah, Cornelio, selling Cornelio, that, that's probably one. Um, <laughs> Said through gritted teeth. That didn't work out. Um, Brody, Dacos, SDK, McCartan, I, I probably got rid of these guys a bit too early. Uh, and you know, definitely could have held on to to probably most of them, to be honest. For you know, going quite deep into the year, so um, yeah, probably just culling those those types with nailed on job security, which they all sort of have, was probably the wrong call. I probably should have tried to look at moving on others potentially, but then I sort of struggled with cash gen as well. So, bit of a double edged sword there, but um, yeah, probably just pulling the trigger too early on a few guys. Yeah, that was uh, that was bandits. Uh, bandits had exactly the same thing last week. But I think yeah, this year one of the learnings he was going to take was that um, the rookies you, you could probably you, like we, the rookies coming through at the moment, and I think probably some of next year's crop will be the same. Is um, you can't really sell them too early because they actually are ready for AFL football from the get go. And um, yeah, the likes of Dacos and SDK certainly showed that this year. Charlie, what about your um, your worst trade or move for the season? Mm, yeah, um, probably Pendlebury in round eight. Bring him in because um, uh, after that, he scored 97, 73, 62, 75, and 67 all in a row. Uh, probably, I think I brought him in. He was at maybe averaging 103 or, or something like that. Um, and then, yeah, to see that, you know, over the span of six weeks, 
Um, yeah, that's that's not good. He's kind of brought it back a little bit now, which, uh, you know, a little too late, but um, that was definitely the worst trade. Yeah, that one that one hurts. Um, yeah, I don't think that was the I don't think that was a bad move. I think you just you got a bit unlucky with that one. Um, yeah, he, he his role fell off, and I think he started, finally started to show a bit of age, which is something we've been we've been uh, marveling at the fact that he can keep going at this level for so long. Um, any one lesson that you've learned, Nico, that you'll take with you for next year? One sort of thing that sticks in your head that you know when you're making your round one team in 2023, you'll think back. Um, I learned this from 2022, and I'm going to change it for 2023. Yeah. Don't sell the farm because it never works. Um, so I sort of did that with Tim English after his 160-odd um, you know, against West Coast, who were useless at the time. But I got sucked into that, thinking that he was just the you know absolute must-have uh, of the season um, and pretty much did everything I could to get him in. And he's been pretty much abysmal since. So I think that's something, you know, not paying that top dollar um, for people because, you know, the, the prices are pretty volatile in this game and, and you're going to be able to to pick them up at some point, um, you know, further down the track or, you know, at the same price. Um, so, yeah, just don't sell the farm is basically what, what I've taken out of this year and, and don't do not do a, uh, a VC or, or a captain switch at the last minute because that never works either. No, never. Absolutely never works. <laughs> if you're going to do it at the last minute, just do not do it. Um, Charlie, what about you? What, what's something you're going to carry over for next year? I think just to not be so reactionary to scores, um, like be patient and do what's best for you. I, I brought in Andy Brayshaw in round three off the back of his 176, I think he got against the Tigers. And, you know, that's a, a very great score to look at. And, um, you know, it's something that is immediately, you know, it jumps off the page. But I just, I don't think I needed to make that trade. Um, and ever since then, he, you know, he's been good. He's been a great midfielder, but I, I don't think he makes it into the top eight midfielders this year um like in terms of super coach um eddie you're struggling with them at the moment um and i think i you know just usually i i don't know why i brought them in because usually i, I always wait for a player to to reach their their lowest price and and you know capitalize on that but with brayshaw I, for some reason i was thinking oh he's about to jump up heaps um let me get on him now uh, I, I don't know why i thought like that so i, I think it's just yeah just be more patient next year yeah, interesting. We had very similar chats last week and um, Dylan's was actually the opposite to yours, Charlie, and he wanted to be more reactionary um, and quicker on the trigger. So it's interesting that, um, that both of you had such different experiences. Um, yeah, I think there's, there's a time and place for both both options to be sit, to be patient and to actually pull the trigger rather than just thinking about something and, and regretting it later. So yeah, that's very good intel from both of you. Um, the next little question I wanted to ask <clears throat> was anyone that's made their way onto the never again list, Nico, is there someone that you just won't be picking next year? Uh, club, uh, GWS. I'll stay away from them completely. I think next year. I think you know a lot of people say it, um, but yeah, I don't know for some reason that all their roles always just seem to be you know changing week to week and stuff like that. It's it's really hard to sort of yeah, I guess pinpoint those those really good GW, GWS premiums. So maybe just staying away from them as a as a rule might be the way to go. Yeah, I think that's smart. Um, I really like that, Charlie. What about you? Anyone that's really given you the irrits this year that just won't be back? Mm, yeah, Luke Ryan. Um, start mm. of the year with him, he averaged a, a pretty measly eighty six until I traded him out. Um, and like your your Dylan Moore debacle, uh, he's averaged one hundred and four ever since. So yeah, that that one hurt. Um, but also, you know, I, I, I'm not I'm not um, locked into Jack McRae next year. I just yeah. think the you know him, him going out onto the wing. Um, 
it just it doesn't look good. Maybe if Dunkley moves um, move clubs in the in the off season, I could you know change my stance on on McRae. Um, yep. But yeah, until that happens, I, I'm definitely not convinced. Yeah, I like it. I think Jack McRae is one that yeah, we he's no longer that that lock and load player that we've we've had in seasons past. I think yeah, it's time. Um, for some of those young guys that are starting to, to usurp him as one of those super coach guns, so that's a good one as well. He'll um, be cheap. You'll be cheap though, won't he? He might be hard to resist. True. It's very yeah. true, especially if Dunkley moves, like Charlie says. That could be exciting. Um, last last question for you boys. Looking back on this season, who's one guy that you're you're 100 going to start with next year, Charlie? Who who is absolutely going to be in your team uh, at the start of round one? Mm, I think Callum Mills. I just I I don't know why I got. I just got this feeling that he takes his game to another level i know he's already an elite midfielder an elite two-way runner um but i i just think he he explodes next year um with luke parker you know getting another year older um i think mills will just take that midfield role and and just run with it i think he'll be incredible love it what about you nico uh yeah i've got rory laird um i think um yeah he's taking his game to to that next level again um having switched to the midfield you know a few seasons ago so he looks like he's just that, you know, consistent average 125 plus type who, you know, we probably relied on on McRae being that kind of person. I think maybe uh, maybe Roy Laird takes sort of that mantle moving forward. Yeah, I like it. I for the record, I had the uh, the Laird and Dawson combo. We're going to be my starters next year. I can't see a world in which I don't start with both of them. Um, I absolutely love them, um, and I think they're going to be very, very good for years to come. Um, thanks for that, boys. That was great to look back. We are going to do a bit of a wrap-up pod next week as well um, and look ahead to next season, so keep your ears um, peeled for that one. Now, if you like a punt, also check out topsport.com.au. They're the home of the best same-game multi in the business where the odds actually add up. We're previewing their markets throughout the season, so use the code SCPLAYBOOK if you're linking up your account so that they know we sent you. It helps out the podcast. 18-plus only. Gamble responsibly. Um, boys, what have you got for us for the last round of the season? What value can we find on Top Sport, Charlie? I, uh, I've got a little double-up multi. Um, so I've gone the underdogs GWS uh, against Frio. Take them 1-39. to 39. Um, I, I don't know. I just don't actually rate Frio that much. I know they've mm. had a, a really a really great season, but I think when you look at the two lists, um, I think GWS uh, have a way better list, to be honest. Um, so I like them. And then... Pair that with Port one to thirty nine against the Crows at the Showdown. I believe it's a Port home game. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, again, if you if you look at the two team lists, Port are comfortably better, I would think. So you wrap that up for uh, six dollars and fifty seven cents. Yeah, I like it. Very 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 nice. I'm not sure I buy your uh, your disbelief in Frio, um, and I think GWS are a bit of a rabble at the moment, but. I don't mind it. I don't mind it at all. Uh, that's what we're all about, having a punt on this podcast. Uh, I like the look at that. It's good odds nonetheless, Charlie. Uh, Nico, what have you got for us? Yeah, I'd like North Melbourne at the line, which is 20 and a half points uh, against Gold Coast at home at Marvel. I reckon they could go close to winning. So um, they played really well last week, I thought, against against the Crows away from home. Um, obviously, a bit of a maybe emotion sort of helped fuel that with, with Cunners and that kind of thing. But um, I don't know. I think they might finish the season with a, with a good showing uh, and Gold Coast don't have anything to play for uh, in the longest round. I actually don't mind Adelaide plus 17 and a half points. So a little bit against Charlie there, but uh, against the power in a showdown, probably thinking that's going to be a close one. So I'll take Adelaide yeah. at the line as the underdog and that'll net us $3.82 for the double. Love it, Nico. I'm also a big fan of uh, any line that's more than 15 in a showdown. I'm usually all over that because, like you say, they, uh, they're they usually a lot closer than that um, and it doesn't really matter about ladder positioning uh, with those guys. 
now, what are you thinking this week, boys, when it comes to um, – um, you don't have any trades left, of course, but what are we thinking when it comes to vice-captains and captains, Charlie? Are there any obvious options for our VC uh, this, this early in the round this week? Mm, I, uh, I, you know, I never like picking a, a, a vice captain off a, off the back of a seventy six, um, but Lockie Neal stands out against the D's um, as a as a really good option. Um, he's had a sensational year, and he's probably up there leading the Brownlow at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. So I really don't mind that. And he scored a, a one eleven against them in round fifteen, um, and then way back in twenty twenty, he scored a one fifty two. So I don't mind that. Uh, but my skipper, though, I think it's very hard uh, to. Go past uh, a Rory Laird against Port. Um, I think it speaks for itself. Uh, you know, aside from his 97 against North, which is very underwhelming, um, as we've chatted about, it, it just didn't look like he was very interested. He will be interested for this, though. Um, in the showdown, he had a, a 93 against them this year, but that was his first game back from a broken hand. So I think you can completely cut that out. Um, before that, he had a 119 and a 125. Does Not, the potential um, Will, oh, the Willem Drew tag? <laughs> you hit the nail the poten- on the head. Yeah, that's what I was going to yeah, say. That's what I'm worried about. The, yeah. uh, the Willem Drew who held Zach Merritt to uh, to 73 Supercoach points last week. Does he worry you at all? You are the tag expert after all, Charlie. So, um, yeah, yeah, are you worried about that? Or is he, does he go to someone else? Does he go to a Dawson even? Yeah, well, you, know, you, you are right with the first part that I am the tag expert. Um, <laughs> definitely, without a doubt. But no, I don't know. I just don't think you can tag Rory Laird. I think you're much better off tagging Jordan Dawson um, off halfback. Well, Will and Drew hasn't really done the halfback tagging role though, which um, which slightly concerns me. Um, but I think you know, even if you get tagged, you can still tackle. And Rory Laird loves a tackle. Um, broke the AFL record this year, so uh, that doesn't worry me too much. Yeah, his floor, his floor is probably good. Good call. Yeah. What mm. about you, Nico? Who have you got in the uh, in the gun for your VC and C this week? I did have it on Neil, but then I, I switched over to Oliver. Um, so I think also, you know, obviously in the same game Friday night, I think he gave away a few free kicks and maybe even a 50 um, sort of in the last quarter, last round. So he was on track for another big one. Um, I think he's he's well over his thumb issue and, and he's, he's probably going to go big against Brisbane, who... Um, who don't really deploy, you know, a tagger. So I don't mind taking the punt there with, with Clayton Oliver. For the captaincy as a backup, I'd probably just rely on Tuke Miller um, to sort of bring mm. it home. He's got a 167, a 123, and a 131 um, against um, against North. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't mind that captaincy shout. Is there anything to worry about when it comes to North? Like, was Rory Laird's performance on the weekend just an off day, or did, were they deploying some sort of strategy to negate him? Does it? What does does the does that worry you for Took this week, or is it just lock and load with him? No, I think it's just lock and load, mate. Yeah, I think we've seen throughout the whole year that North are, are generally, um, you know, giving away bulk, you know, super coach points. So I'm happy to sort of play there. Yeah. Okay. I like it. Um, well, thanks for that, boys. Those those uh, that, that's helped me out greatly going into this week. Uh, the Neil and Oliver. Uh, question at the selection table is going to be a, a, an interesting one to choose. Um, I kind of like the idea, Charlie, of um, going with the guy who put a 77 last week just because it feels like that might turn a few people off um, mm. where, you know, he's every chance to go just as large as Oliver, if not larger. There was talk of him playing a more selfless game last week as well. So maybe, um, you know, he'll just come out and, and show us what he what he really can do as well. Be selfish again, which we love. Yeah. Um, last thing to get to today, boys, we've got a couple of listener questions to um, answer. Uh, we put up a post every Sunday night. 
Um, we've got a couple of really interesting ones this week. The first one comes from Corey. Um, I'm going to throw this one to you, Nico, because you've been talking about the the rule changes of this year and yeah. um, and what your thoughts are on them about them. So Corey wants to know what lessons did you learn about the new rules of Supercoach 2022? Yeah, so I think the the trade boosts uh, were probably good in theory, but I don't think they really had much value uh, in the game uh, unless you sort of use them in an aggressive manner at the start of the season and, and gave yourself sort of a a bit of a lead on the peloton, so that was um, that was probably the right play uh, in hindsight. Um, give yourself a bit of a head start by being ultra aggressive with those um, available trade boosts. Uh, the DPPs, I thought they were a really good addition to the game. Um, sort of, you know, added a bit more sort of, I guess, um, maybe fun and enjoyment to, to the to the game. Sort of looking at, you know, what's going to happen round six, twelve, and eighteen. So that that was pretty good. I think that's probably here to stay. Um, yeah. As we spoke about. Um, a little bit earlier, um, I don't think we're going to be having 35 trades going into next year. I think that'll probably go back down to 30, and and we won't have these trade boosts, at, um, I don't think, ever again. Um, so that is probably something that you don't have to worry about. I thought the flexibility in trading as well was a really good addition to the game, so you weren't completely locked out um, You know when the first game happened, and you can still sort of yeah. make moves during the weekend. So that's here to stay as well, I would have thought. Um, but Overall, I think they've done pretty well at, at HQ with um with the with the changes. I think probably going back to your question, Corey, I, I probably would have liked to have just played it a little bit more aggressively at the start of the year and just made sure I had um you know all, all the right guys um that that I sort of missed out with my initial starting lineup and I just really sort of attacked them with the trade boosts I had um, available rather than holding on to them thinking there's going to be you know carnage every week. Love it, Nico. Charlie, what about you? Anything, anything you've managed to take away from these rules? Um, yeah, like Nico says, it's hard to know whether we're going to get that many trades and boosts next season. But yeah, what, what do you make? What did you make of this season with the rule changes, and what, what can we expect for next year? Mm, I think yeah, the big one was the was the trade boost, and yeah, like like Nico mentioned, I, I just felt like they were a bit of a trap. Um, I I, which is, I got so sucked into them; it was so addicting. You just you you, like, you wanted to boost every week, and at the end of the day, that it just really wasn't the best thing for your side if, you, if you're boosting every week and you know you're, you're wasting these trades away. So I'd actually I'd prefer for the uh, the thirty trades to come back into into play. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm I'm a fan of yeah. I don't want I don't want Supercoach to turn into AFL fantasy where you get two trades every week. I think um yeah, part of the joy of it is is having to save them and, and reaching situations like we're all in now. We're out of trades and sort of you hanging on edge for team selections and um, yeah it, it adds an extra element to it that I love I'd love I'd like that to go back down again um, last question from Nick who wants to know I'm going to throw this to the tags for Charlie with St Kilda's current tagging form um, are you tempted to trade out Callum Mills this week as one of the options yeah no I, I did chat about this um, just before no I'm, I'm not concerned about Mills I just think the way that he runs um, you know he, he defends he attacks um, he just does everything. I, I think you're much better off tagging um, Chad Warner and, and Luke Parker, who are a lot more a- attacking. Um, they're going to get inside 50 a lot more on and uh, and damage the scoreboard. One that I am worried about, though, and, and I'm 100% um, uh, confident on this, is that Jack Sinclair will get tagged by Ryan Clark. Um, mm. I think that's an absolute given. If I had Sinclair um, and I had one trade left and, and I was in a grand final, um, which I'm not, unfortunately, for any of those things, but if I was... <laughs> Um, I think it'd be a really great move to trade him out and uh, and perhaps bring in a Tom Stewart. Love it, Charlie. Um, well, thanks for your time today, boys. That's about all we've got time for on the SC Playbook Pod for round 23. Um, I look forward to speaking with you guys over the off-season many times um, and hopefully getting you back on for the uh, the recap pod next week. 
Uh, so, Nico, thank you for joining us. Um, get back to work. Uh, sneak Thanks back in, off. get out of the car and get, get back to work. Charlie, Long have a nap, over. coffee. <laughs> exactly. Um, and I'll speak to you boys soon. Thank you. See ya. See ya.